Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss a different Big Dumb Movie every episode. I'm your host, Corey, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Alan. Hello. And Steve. Hey, hey. Alan and Steve, what are your guys' hacker names? Spike. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> no, it's got to be something way more 90s than that, nah, I don't know. That's, That's pretty just... 90s. <laughs> they call me Floppy. <laughs> I'll be Jazz Drive. <laughs> Uh, so this week we're reviewing a 1995 film by the name of Hackers, a movie I had not seen up until uh, Steve introduced it to us. It is directed by a, excuse me, by a guy called Ian Softley, uh, whose work I'm not really familiar with. Now, like I said, I haven't seen Hackers until Steve introduced it. It's almost guaranteed that Alan hasn't seen the movie, as I'm starting <laughs> <Nope>. to realize. <laughs> haven't seen it. Steve, what is your experience with this movie? How do you know about it? I saw it in theaters when it came out. I was 12. Uh, I saw it with a friend of mine. And I, I immediately loved it. Like, I, I, I knew even at 12, like, a huge percentage of what, in it, what was in it was just ridiculousness and not based on the reality of computer use. But, like, I, I don't know. I just 1995, to a 12-year-old, there was something kind of uh, magic about the idea of this, like, underground world and these... these Hackers on rollerblades, and you know, it was it was cool. We got twelve year old twelve year old thought it was cool. Remember in the Fast and the Furious episode, we kept saying how nineteen ninety nine, how incorrectly how nineteen ninety nine that movie was. Yes. Well, this movie really is nineteen ninety five. Like it really this, is. This movie is. Oh man, I mean, we'll get to various reasons why, but this is very much a product of its time. And as technology has gone on, this movie hasn't aged super well in that regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought this movie was pretty good. It was kind of funny and like goofy and hokey. Yeah. The way I like kind of described it to myself in my mind, it's like there was Clueless for like Rich Valley kids, like maybe right. like Encino, like California kids. Right. This was the movie for like nerds, like the rejects <laughs> of that same type. Like maybe my group of friends when I was like that age or maybe a little bit older for me. But um, yeah. I guess we should just get right into it. I mean, uh, we're going to go through... Steve, you're going to be guiding us through this one. Um, right. Do you want to go into the opening? Yeah, so the, the opening is a uh, trial scene, basically. Um, you hear a, an attorney, a prosecuting attorney, making statements to a judge. The defendant, Dave Murphy, who calls himself Zero Cool, has repeatedly committed criminal acts of a malicious nature. This defendant possesses a superior intelligence, which he uses to a destructive and antisocial end. His computer virus crashed 1,507 systems, including Wall Street trading systems, single-handedly causing a seven-point drop in the New York stock market. As she's saying all these things, we're panning right across the courtroom until we get to the defendant's position at a big table next to a lawyer, and we find that he's a child. That's the big reveal for the opening scene. Is that it's he's a little kid dead. in a big suit. <laughs> right? He's in a, a suit that's clearly too big for him. Let's not forget that it starts before the trial. It starts with the slow motion like SWAT raid on his house. Oh, that's which true. Which is one of several like raids throughout the entire movie. Right. So I did. I took a half step too far. The movie really opens, opens with this kid's house getting 
completely raided by the cops. Yeah, in not, 1988. Not just the cops. It was like the SWAT team. They right. had like rifles. They were swarming the building. It wasn't them like knocking. They were just coming in. Because as they make a point of letting you know later in the film, hacking a system across state lines is a federal crime. Yeah. And yes. the FBI will come for you. And so. they're looking for Zero Cool. Zero Cool. Real name Dade Murphy, who is 11 years old. Yeah, everyone in the hacking world, in the context of this film, gets a super sweet 90s nickname. Yeah. And his name is Zero Cool. His At first that time. Man. Yeah, he ends up changing it. <laughs> oh, man. You know how many kids saw this? I guarantee, Steve, you and your friend made hacker names after this movie, didn't you? I, I'm sure we did. I no longer remember what they would have been. It was like I'm, some like super killer or some like lame like <laughs> little kid shit like that you think is cool. <laughs> it was probably similar to everyone's AOL name at the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, my AOL name, my mom made, and I hated it. But after I added a bunch of friends on AIM, I had to keep it. It was Corn Buzz. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> so, uh, like you were saying, this kid gets um, gets arrested, and he gets found guilty of like being a, a major hacker with zero cool. They, uh, they fine his family $45,000, and they say that for until he's 18 years old, uh, he cannot access any kind of computer. He can't even use a touchtone phone. Rotary yeah, only, point. my friend. They make a point <laughs> to specifically mention touchtone telephone. Right. <laughs> yeah, back before. There was a time when there was something other than touchtone telephones. <laughs> I mean, even in 95, that was a, an out of date term. Like, you know, I don't think rotary phones had really been a thing since like the 30s. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, my buddy actually. Uh, in the 90s, like early, when I was a kid, he had a rotary phone in his garage. Right. It was like pretty novelty, even at that time, like you mentioned. Yeah. He had a rotary phone. He had like an old timey, like. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the kind of thing hipsters pay 60 bucks for at Restoration Hardware. You know? <laughs> Look, I've got a rotary phone. Everyone's like, oh, why? Good job. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you got, it's all about owning technology that is useless now that's the thing you gotta have like an old ass computer for some reason oh. uh, you like know what I'm hugely guilty of that <laughs> no. uh, I am a massive enthusiast of obsolete technology I have laser discs and a player I have a collection of old computers I was gonna say I, I know a guy that does that but I don't remember who but it's you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's it's a me. cornerstone of uh, being a hipster right <laughs> it's like one of the qualifying Conditions to be a hipster. Yep. I was doing this in 1998. <laughs> That's also a condition of being a hipster, Steve. <laughs> All right, Steve, you're two out of like four here. We're on to you. <laughs> uh, look, I was a hipster before oh, hipsters were. He's undoing hipster. his man bun. Oh, you're t- you're <laughs> right. He's ashamed. I'm gonna go back to my yoga class. <laughs> Where, where's your vape? Are you vaping yet? <laughs> oh boy. In the film, we get a, a cut to seven years later. So it goes to 1995, and it's, is that, wait, is that math right? 1994. Yeah, 1994, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the movie came out in, wait, yeah. No, seven years later would be 88 to 95, yeah. Oh, shit, I just can't do math, all right. Yeah, so so it's 95. He is now a senior in high school, and he's moved to New York, right? Yeah, he's, he's moved, well, you find out through exposition that his parents have divorced, he chose to go live with his mother, and his mother has left Seattle, where he grew up, for New York City. He makes a point to also tell her that there's no trees, or he's upset that there's there's no trees in New York. Yeah, you know those hackers love nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a little weird. I mean, I get it, but it just seemed kind of like a random 
like blip, like you just pissed off. There's no trees. Well, they're outdoor enthusiasts. They rollerblade. They got Central Park out there. I don't know what he's complaining about. (laughs) So, yeah, you could tell he's like a little resentful or he kind of hates that. We get the first bit of hacking shortly after. That's right. He's in his little cramped room and he's on his old as fuck computer. Oh, yeah. Whatever. So he hacks into a TV network. That's just the, like, the first thing you see him do as far as hacking. Alan, do you remember how that scene went down? Yeah, so he has like a whole setup in his room. He has his computer, and he has like a TV that he's monitoring. And you see him typing his code and doing what he's doing, which doesn't really make any sense from the beginning. <laughs> and this is like the least of what's to come. But he's hacking the, the station, and then you see the, the robot at the station grab a tape and then it moves it to like a different slot like he's playing that tape and i forget what, he, what is what does he end up actually playing steve it's the like some limits. episode the outer limits yeah. yeah so you see him hijack the computer and then he makes it actually grab the tape and play it and uh, yeah, he plays the outer limits because he thinks it's funny or he's well i think what he's doing around. is he's hacking into this tv station that controls what he watches on tv right because right. it's old school TV, you just had to mm-hmm. watch whatever's on the channel you're watching. So he wants to put in a different thing. So he actually hacks into their network, gets it so they play a different tape, so yeah. it shows up on his screen. But then, boom, Hacker Turf War. <laughs> oh, Another yeah. hacker hacks into the same TV station, and they start like, just, like aiming, aim chatting to each other somehow. <laughs> they start aim chatting with no like application, like words just appear on the screen. Yeah, there's yeah. no chat client. It's just these like like text graphical text things that dissolve after a few seconds. It, like, what, how does this work? Yeah, they have all kinds it of like like sense. like GUI like control. Like the the text is like flaming and stuff sometimes. <laughs> like words are misspelled or like horribly abbreviated. <laughs> What is uh, it's elite speak, man? Yeah, you yeah. don't have time for full words when you're hacking. Yeah. <laughs> you will be expunged with an X, or you been go. Oh, yeah, expunged. Expunged. What's the know? name of the hacker that he encounters on the internet? Acid burn. A- yeah, that's right. Acid burn. <laughs> yeah, it's like a badass handle over acid burn. Yeah, yeah. so fucking cool, right? <laughs> so edgy. <laughs> How badass is this person? <laughs> acid Come burn. On. <laughs> There's no way it's a super hot chick, you know? It's no, like... never. <laughs> I will be massively surprised if that turns out. Yeah, there's no way. Absolutely. So, yeah, they have, like, their little battle. Oh, okay, no, wait. There's a really good part where they actually, quote-unquote, battle, where they're both hacked into the system, and then you see the robot or the arm that grabs the tapes, and then they both keep controlling it, and they're, like, going back and forth. So they're having, like, this, like, online hacking battle with like the a, robot that yeah, grabs the like tapes. Yeah, it's like online robot arm controlled arm wrestling match. <laughs> and they're both, like, typing really fast, and it's, like, getting intense, and there's a lot of cuts, and the arms are moving super fast, and they're, like, fighting. <laughs> it, it, like, and this is all being done via, like, 28-8 modem on the phone line. <laughs> like... So if the TV station bothers to investigate at all who was responsible for hacking their network, they'll just, you know, see which phone number called yeah, their modem. The phone number will be revealed for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's cool. It's 95. But we also, we didn't really discuss how he gained access to the TV's network. He did a little social engineering trick. Oh, yeah, where right? he called them. He calls the TV station and gets one of the security guards who has no idea what's going on. And asks the security guard to read him the numbers on the modem at his desk. And uses that guy's computer as the entry point to the network. 
security. Uh, Norm. Norman speaking. Norman, this is Mr. Eddie Vetta from accounting. I just had a power surge here at home that wiped out a file I was working on. And... Listen, I'm in big trouble. You know anything about computers? Um, uh, gee. Right, well, my BLT drive on my computer just went AWOL, and uh, I got this big project due tomorrow for Mr. Kawasaki, and uh, if I don't get it in, he's gonna ask me to commit Harry Carey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know these Japanese management techniques. Uh, could you, uh, read me the number on the modem? Um... That's a little boxy thing, Norm, with switches on it. Let's my computer talk to the one there. 212-555-4240. Yeah, I mean, I could see some legitimacy behind that. Modems still do have passwords on them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the broader aspect, that's actually a crazy thing with social engineering we're not just that but it's not like traditional hacking where you come up you come up with like clever ways to get information like that right yeah it's social engineering so yeah there's a lot of that in regular hacking too so that's kind of somewhat real yeah it it, it was interesting as much of this is like like a tron movie and total fantasy land you know that there were these small touches here and there it was like oh that's that's actually sort of real yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you get, you get hints of that every uh yeah, every now and then. They had right. some IT consultants that I saw in the credits that I'm sure, you know, were trying to get it to be as realistic as possible. But <laughs> at the same time, I know the people making the film needed it to be cinematic. Right. So all the hacking you see is like going into wires and like navigating around circuit boards. There's like these visuals. He's like in well, cyberspace. You know, what I think you said it during the film or something to this effect. It's like, the, you know, the, the, realistically, you got to give him some credit there because you, you, no one wants to sit through an hour and a half of a person in a terminal entering if and statements. You right. know, yeah. like... Or like command lines. <laughs> command line, like telnet open port 23. Right. And then it has to load and yeah. send you the information back and then you type in another command line. Right. It's like, fuck, you? I forgot the man command. Question mark. Reads through the commands, <laughs> finds the right one. Like... Yeah, dude. Yeah, you can't do that for a movie. No one's gonna sit through that. Yeah, I mean that's true. So uh, we we get to see Dade, who is also zero cool. Zero so that's cool. our lead here, is Dade. He goes to his high school on rollerblades. Well, but then sorry, one last point there: the scene where he he loses the battle for the TV station is also where he changes his name temporarily. Oh yeah, oh, what is it? He uh... He, uh, he becomes Crash Override. Crash override. Crash yeah. override. <laughs> he doesn't want people to know. No, he's really the, the 11, former eleven-year-old that downed fifteen hundred and seven systems. Which former eleven-year-old? Which later we find out he's like infamous in the hacking community. Right. Yeah, or pretty yeah. much like a celebrity. Yeah. Because he mentions he's zero cool, and everyone freaks out. Like you're that guy. You're zero cool. Yeah. That <laughs> happens later with all his friends. Yeah. Like one of them, like gives him like a bow. Like, I come to you. I got a record. I was zero cool. Zero cool? Crashed 1,507 systems in one day? Biggest crash in history. Front page New York Times, August 10th, 1988. I thought you was black, man. Yo, man, this is zero cool! Oh, shit! That's far out. This is zero cool, man! Oh. <laughs> Yo, that's great. Yeah, whatever. So now he's crash override. And, um, yeah, he goes to his school on, like, his rollerblades. Yeah, there's Late a lot 90s. of rollerblades in this movie. So people will be on rollerblades in one scene and off them in the next and then back on them depending on what's convenient. Like <laughs> it feels like they really 
thought that like rollerblades were like a part of the hacking community. They really tried to like group that together. Well, they got one thing right. It was for nerds, and these guys are nerds. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the the contribution of the IT consultants. Got to have them be on rollerblades. We're always on fucking rollerblades. <laughs> and when he uh, when he rollerblades to school, that's when he first meets Kate Libby. Which you later find out is acid burn, but he doesn't know that yet. What what actor plays Kate? Oh, Angelina Jolie. Yep. And she's like, what, like 23 or 24 in this movie? I don't, how She's supposed to be in high school. She's but supposed how to be she 18. Really? I don't 18. know exactly how old she was. She's in supposed reality, to be 18 but... in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she's probably yeah, right, in her 20s. That's, that's, you that's know, yeah, she's the, tra- the long going tradition here with high school kids <laughs> in movies, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or older sometimes. Oh, yeah. And she has this, like, pixie haircut that I don't think I've ever seen her use in any other movie. No. Uh, I've never seen her rock that do yeah, before. she's never... But that did, that is a very 90s, like, yeah. like that short girl haircut. Right. Reminds me of uh, Esri Dax, kind of, from DS9. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to DS9 again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. I love Star Trek. All right, so what do we got next, guys? It's high school. We got. I wrote down. There's a pool prank. Oh yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know, Steve. You wanted to go. Oh no, go. Ahead. Yeah. So um, he meets Kate, and from the beginning, she's like really supposed to come off as like really hard and toughened, and she's not open, and she doesn't talk a lot, and she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and um, talking to Dade, that's when she tells him, "Oh, there's a pool on the roof." To go check it out and then he ends up going to check it out and when he closes the door on the roof you see a bunch of other kids like staying don't close the door and then he realizes that they're all trapped there too and that it's a prank and there's no pool in the roof so now they're all stuck on the roof right this guy immediately just rushed up to the roof to go swim i guess in like in between blades. classes <laughs> what? I, I don't understand what his goal was you're just really curious to see what a roof pool looks like you know. Well, he does see one eventually, but not here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. If someone told me, and I went to a high school that was all indoors like theirs, and I was like, "Oh, there's a a pool on the roof," I'd be like, "Okay." And then I would just continue what it, whatever I was doing. <laughs> I would probably never investigate it. At first thing is, I'd be like, "Are you serious? Like, who has a pool on the roof, especially a school? And you can't see that from outside." Uh, Alan, you'd be trapped up there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have gone up there. Because like I said, it's ridiculous. Like, what school has a pool on the roof? I mean, it's apparently... I remember my parents telling me that that's actually an old bit. That it was something... Like, my parents were born in 51. And it's something like high school kids their age knew that joke. There's a, there's a pool on the roof. Really? I never yeah. heard that joke ever. I don't think I would be aware of it at all if for somehow or other I hadn't heard about it from them. But yeah, it's, it's like that... I don't know why, but that is apparently like a thing that was a prank at one oh. point in history. This might have been the last time it was ever used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old yeah, pool I mean, on a roof gag, huh? Yeah, I mean, which was probably 50 years old in 1995, so... Like, so we saw the death of a meme. The death nail. Yeah, that was kind of the closest thing to a meme of its time. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. So Dade uh, and Angelina Jolie, they kind of have this like rivalry starting from that prank that kind of yeah. goes on throughout the rest so of the he, movie. He's like pissed off already. Yeah, she's like a bitch. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. She's just like really mean and cold and just condescending, condescending, and 
he's new and she's just really like mean to him. You just don't like strong female characters. <laughs> oh. oh, here we go with the accusations. <laughs> Somebody get a crucifix. <laughs> so that, they, that starts the rivalry. And then um, the first thing that we see they do to get back at her, I guess, is that he hacks his way into the computer school system somehow and then gives himself harder classes so he can be in the same classes as her. My note just says Dade hacks his way into harder classes. Something I would not be using my power for. I'll tell you that. Right. Well, he could just hack himself an A later when he fails all the tests. He just hack himself an A and not go. Like, I don't know. Whatever. That's true, too. Yeah, you know what? That's right. He could just fudge the attendance records and not go to school at all. Spend all day hacking. <laughs> just hack his way into a good job and hack his way into a fortune. Hack his way into college. Yeah. yeah. Hack, hack his way into the presidency. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you don't need to know how to use a computer at all to become president. Yeah, I think that's become obvious. We already memed the guy into office. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah, you um, you see him on the computer, and he's like in the database, and he's editing the classes. And some like kid looks over his shoulder and is like Freak. surprised. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh look, he's hacking the database. A fellow hacker, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Ninja so... Turtles. So <laughs> <laughs> Freak discovers him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so in the class, the teacher has a list, and he's like, oh, he's on my list. So he's yeah. like in the class with her. And he kind of gets, like, accepted by some of the people through Freak, who, like you said, he sees the hacking, and he introduces him to some other, like, I guess, cool hacker, 90, 1995, like, weird. <laughs> I don't know how to describe these guys. They dress like they're, like, in their techno, and they... I don't know. They wear like rave clothes. I, I There's like, a no. lot of the, the, the soundtrack is definitely techno heavy. These are these are EDM kids. EDM kids. Yeah. That's, what, that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to call them. We got Serial, who's played by Matthew Lillard, who is entertaining as fuck. He um, is. You believe you mean Serial no killer. killer? Yeah. Check this out. Each and every one of you, compilation tape, my own making. I call this the greatest Zooks album. Featuring artists like, well, I got some Hendrix on there, some Joplin, Mama Cass, Belushi, all great artists that have fixated on their own vomit. You can't get this in stores, man. Which is, he, they call him that the first time they introduce him. And then from then on, they never use the killer part. It's just serial. So he's first introduced as serial killer specifically. And then it's dropped everywhere else it's mentioned. It's just serial. Less threatening, you know? Yeah, for in the case kids. you can't say it every time. It sounds kind of crazy. Well, because if you just say it, you think serial killer, like someone who kills a lot of people. Yeah. But if you just say serial, you understand. I only knew because there are subtitles. Because when they say serial killer in the subtitles, it's spelled like a breakfast cereal. Yeah. Well, well, they say it in the movie, too. Freak, when he introduces serial to Dade says serial killer like fruit loops ah i must have been taking notes during that one right no yeah they mentioned they mentioned the serial oh you know we also forgot to mention that prior to them meeting in their computer class dade on his the first morning at school tried asking freak for help finding the principal's office and freak told them to piss off and he was actually they explained it later in the movie but if you know what it is you notice him doing it freak is is using a tape recorder with payphone tones recorded onto it to make a free long distance phone call to South America. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. One of the long distance calls, yeah. Right. Collect calls. Nineties <laughs> things. When 
public schools still had a wall of payphones in them. Yeah. You just like call your parents to collect and you just say in your message, come pick me up now. Right. I forgot my lunch money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good shit. Oh, man. What were you going to say, Alan? Go ahead. I was going to say the term, I think it's freaking. It specifically is for that, like where you break into like the boxes and you use the tones. Yeah. And that was like a thing that people used to do back in like the 70s. And there was a super famous guy, I forget his name, I think it was like Captain Crunch. Yeah. Because there's a story, I forget his actual name. He got a whistle he used from a Captain Crunch cereal box, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. And probably is why, thinking about it, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That kind of makes sense now. I definitely remember reading that some of the hacker names in this film were either actual hacker names or were adapted from yeah. actual hacker names. And some of, this is another one of those instances where like there was actually some truth to that. Yeah. There was no, a point this in guy history did that. where yeah. Yeah, so he got the little uh whistle from a Captain Crunch box. It was like the toy that came with the box. And he somehow found out that that whistle produced the exact tones that the phone would use to identify like the signals. Right. So he used the whistle to like basically make free calls and do all sorts of crazy shit cuz it could it was the exact tone the phone needed. Right. And nice. So they called them Captain Crunch and Freaking was the whole thing. That's the term, right? Where they would like do that to phones. And his name is definitely a reference to freaking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Good pull, Alan. Right. <laughs> it is a good one. Sick reference. <laughs> Sick reference, bro. <laughs> right. Everyone knows you've got the best references. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that was a whole thing. Um, uh, later on, we get a scene that I I just love because of the aesthetic. So where all these hacker nerds hang out is this fucking place. That looks like the Foot Clan headquarters from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's called Cyberdelia. Mixed with like the nightclub from The Matrix from the first one. This place is ridiculous. There's like ramps in the middle and there's like... There's a rollerblading area inside. Yeah. And you can like ride in on the ramp. They're all yeah. smoking cigarettes like in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like the kids are smoking. Everything has like that light neon hint like with the glow and all the lighting. Yeah, it, it's a little bit uh, uh, like tech noir meets uh, 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 fuck uh, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's like <laughs> hanging out at a Blade Runner. Like, yeah, the place is weird. Right. It's a place that's a fucking complete fantasy, and it they would, have it never gi- exist. They've got a gigantic Wipeout arcade game <laughs> on like a hundred foot screen. Yeah, that's right, and. Uh, we we see another bit of the rivalry with Acid Burn, Angelina Jolie, and. Our, our hero, Dade, where he beats our high score in the game and she gets all mad. Right. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys says, you made an enemy for life. Like, it's a big deal because <laughs> he beat her score on this game. No one's ever beat her before. Congratulations. You just made an enemy for life. Because <laughs> <laughs> you beat her score once. Like, she could probably just beat his score and go back to the top. <laughs> I'm a little frightened at how much of the dialogue for this film I actually have memorized. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I am too, man. Right. Now, at this nightclub, they all talk about, like, Ugh. scoring a big hack. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that means. But one of them hacks into somewhere and like, oh, that's lame as fuck. You got to score a big hack. You got to know all the tricks to get a big hack. Steve, you want to expand on this at all? Yeah, so there's this fictional supercomputer system called a Gibson that these, these teenage hackers all have kind of a, a mental hard-on for. And uh, they all really want an opportunity to hack the Gibson. I see. I thought they were going to, like, 
hack Gibson the guitar company. <laughs> right. I thought that too. That's what I always thought, like the Gibson guitars. Uh, like, all right, in sponsored fact, by Gibson. Uh, this plays into the rest of the story because the mineral company computer that is such a central point to the rest of the story is a Gibson. Ah, yeah. <laughs> not the guitar. Right. Yeah. It's, an, it's not an SG. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sick guitar, though. Right. You know, yeah, they didn't want the uh, the CAD drawings for like the Satriani guitar. It was just, you know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, they they all really want to hack a Gibson, but it's supposed to be just way too difficult to pull off. And uh, Joey, who's played by Jesse Bradford, who's had some weird parts in other films, uh, tells a story about how he apparently almost accidentally hacked an ATM at a bank somewhere in the Midwest and made it spit 700 bucks in cash anyway, out. Anyway, guys, 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 come on. Men's computer, right? So I'm looking around, I'm looking around, you know, throwing commands at it. I don't know where it is or what it does or anything. It's like, it's like choice. It's, it's just beautiful, okay? Like four hours, I'm just messing around in there. Finally, I figure out that it's a bank, right? Okay, wait, okay. So it's a bank, so this morning, look in the paper, some cash machine in like Bumsville, Idaho, spits out $700 into the middle of the street. That's kind of cool. That was me. That was me. I did that. And you did this from your house. What are you, stoned or stupid? You don't hack a bank across state lines from your house. You get nailed by the FBI. Where are your brains? In your ass? Don't you know anything? Stupid, man. It's universally stupid. And the others immediately, immediately get pissed at him about it and have to have to explain that, like, oh, hacking over state lines is a federal crime. This kind of reinforcing Dade's arrest and blah, blah, blah. Just, now you know this. Now you know this is a big deal. They're setting up, like, how serious it is and how crazy they are. You know? <laughs> right. But he also tells the guys that he believes he can hack a Gibson. And they're like, ah, nah, you're full of shit. You're, you're too green. You're a greenhorn. He expresses earlier in the film that he... He doesn't really exist because he doesn't have a handle yet. Yeah, he's thinking of like names. <laughs> right. And for some... How about noob, you fucking noob piece of shit? <laughs> and for some reason, I, he's like smoking throughout the entire movie. Yeah, he yeah. is a chain smoker. Yeah, this kid. Yeah. He's getting he's lung like cancer for sure. 18. <laughs> Every scene, he's just like smoking. I guess, why? <laughs> yeah, he's constantly like hunched forward, like taking another drag yeah. like oh man <laughs> oh man what am gonna i gonna do hack the gibson yeah, <laughs> gonna hack the gibson man hack the gibson hack the gibson <laughs> yeah like a cigarette in one hand a cup of coffee in the other like this kid's already neurotic the untold storyline in hackers is joey's meth addiction <laughs> <laughs> well you know what he does go to na meetings later it's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets busted later on and he gets for some reason this scene is just yeah. it comes and it goes I don't know what the joke is because uh, I guess I'm going to draw the curtain back a little bit here. I attend these meetings sometimes. <laughs> the joke is that he has to go to NA meetings for getting arrested for hacking. Hi, my name is Vicky, and I'm an addict. Hi, my name's Hank, and uh, I'm an addict. Uh, my name's Joey, but uh, I'm not an addict. Huh. Jeez. No, no, really, really, really. Listen, listen, look. I got in trouble with my computer, right, okay? My lawyer told the judge I'm an addict, but I'm not addicted to my computer. No, really, really. I'm not an addict. I'm not, I'm not. Can I get some more coffee? As he's <laughs> guzzling coffee and chain-smoking cigarettes. Hey, yeah. hey, right. he fits the mold, right? Right. Fucking Joey, he's an odd character for sure. Ugh. 
This is where we uh, meet. It cuts away, and we get to meet our our villain, the plague. The plague, Eugene. <laughs> yeah, Eugene. He's got. Don't call me. Eugene. He's got such a cool hacker name and such like a bitch human name. <laughs> His name's fucking Eugene. They gave him the nerdiest, shittiest possible fucking name. Sorry to any fans named Eugene. I apologize, but. But screw you. Your but, name sucks. Yeah, fuck your name, man. <laughs> get it changed. Go by the plague. Do something. Can you imagine going to job interviews. How do you get hired like that? Hi, I'm the Plague Smith. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, they call me the Plague. No big deal. Oh, are you uh, <laughs> Flu Johnson's cousin? You, know? <laughs> you, know, you must be uh, Measles uh, Anderson's grandson. Yeah. <laughs> when you apply for a carrier position. <laughs> Pretty good. So we meet the Plague, who is... A another over-the-top villain and a long line of over-the-top villains that we've been having uh, recur on our show. Oh, yeah. He's super serious. He's super intense. Like, everything he says is, like, ridiculous. And he's supposed to be, like, super focused. And all he cares about is how good he is at hacking. And he's the best. And no one messes with him because he's the plague. Come on, you son of a bitch. Is that all you got, huh? Come on, let's see what else you can do. You talking to me? <laughs> Are you nuts? Come at me! I'm like, man, Fisher Stevens is a smarmy character actor. He's like perfect at that. Like, he's he's one of the smarmy weirdos, I believe, in the Super Mario Brothers movie, which we'll eventually get to. Oh, yeah. He he does the um, uh, infamous brown face character in Short Circuit 2. Oh, um, well, that's him? That's him. That is him. <laughs> like, that's why you texted me saying we need to do short circuit too yes i was thinking about it <laughs> he, he plays an indian man yeah, it's terrible i mean i was offended as like an eight-year-old white kid like it bothered me <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness Ugh. So this guy, what's his role? He's he's the IT security guy at, at some corporation, Steve. Yeah, he's the the lead for everything ISIT security related for a huge um, mineral minerals company. It's the, the Ellison or Ellington? yeah, Ellison. Elli- I think it's, I think it's Ellison. All Elli- right, maybe it is Ellington. Ellington, Ellington Minerals Corp. Yes, Ellington's Mineral Corp. He's not the super specified, but he's just like supposed to be the head of IT or security. He's yeah, like the head IT guy. He's in charge of making sure everything's safe, like no one hacks their systems. He's the villain. He is like what I would imagine Ivan Ooze's IT guy would be like, <laughs> or Snyder from Three Ninjas. It's so great that we keep going back to Ivan Ooze. <laughs> he, has, he doesn't have a ninja outfit, though, remember? All yeah. the Snyder's people have to wear mandated. I feel like he wouldn't mind wearing one, this guy. <laughs> I feel like he's the type of guy that would have gotten rejected applying for the position aboard the Death Star. <laughs> Oh, there's our Star Wars reference. Good. Done. <laughs> Got that out of the way. So um, we we actually see his business get hacked by that chain-smoking kid we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so Jesse in an, or Joey, Joey, in an attempt to prove that he's capable of doing it, hacks the Gibson being used by Ellington to run all their systems, including managing their fleet of computer-controlled oil tankers. It's Ellingson. 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 Right, there okay, yeah, so it's Ellingson. And he gets a garbage file. Or part of a garbage file. He gets part of a garbage file. Because his mother comes into the room and shuts his computer off while he's trying to copy it to a floppy disk. That's right. <laughs> so it's a very small garbage file. Right. <laughs> and he's trying to get the whole thing, and then his mother busts him. That scene, 
that was actually one of the few scenes in the movie, even as a 12-year-old, that actually I was like, I, I wanted to call bullshit on in the theater. And I did to my friend after the movie was over because I, I was one of those kids who would be up later than I was supposed to be using the computer and knowing my parents would bust me if I got caught. And yeah. the, the monitor is a separate piece. It's got a power button on it. If Like, you're a fucking hacker. What kind of noob move is that? <laughs> you don't turn the monitor off? If you're downloading files and you're not using the computer and you're laying in bed with the magazine, you turn the fucking monitor <laughs> off, your mom doesn't know you're using the computer. <laughs> yeah, and he's supposed to be hacking, like, the Gibson. He's yeah. hacking this ultimate supercomputer. Right. But he can't even hide it from his mom. Yeah, he doesn't even know to keep his mom from finding out he's doing it. Like, mm-hmm. fucking, she clearly has no idea. But then the same scene where he's downloading the file and she busts him, he's in his room. Surprise, surprise. Smoking a cigarette. Yep. Because he's the chain smoke character. Oh, uh, yeah, for But he reason. does that cliche. This one kind of bothered me, too, of any 12. He does that cliche thing where he snuffs it out and then sprays, a, like, half a can's worth of air freshener. Like, that... There's nowhere in real life has that ever worked. Like your room just then smells like a cloud of smoke and air freshener. There's <laughs> and no your no mom's like, why does that smell like air freshener? Your, Have and, you been smoking in here? <laughs> and, and and cigarette smoke. And cigarette smoke. No one's mother has ever fallen for that. Even if they acted like they did. They didn't. Nobody's nobody's mother my mother immediately would have been like, It smells like smoke and air freshener in here. Where are the cigarettes? Yeah. Like, there's just no, no. No kid has ever gotten away with doing it that like way. Like that two seconds, it's fine. Right. You know, from him spraying the air freshener and her coming in. Like the closest thing you're going to get to that, and this one I knew a bunch of people tried to pull off, is you get the kid, the teenager, in the bathroom, standing on the toilet, blowing the smoke out the window. Mm-hmm. That that one sort of works. Sort of. <laughs> believe me. But believe me, I did it. Uh, the hoops you got to jump through to smoke as a teenager in the 90s. <laughs> Or uh, for, uh, no, Axe. Axe was the cool thing. Yeah, the, the Axe body spray. Yeah. And then, but then I would have gone. I don't know about you guys. I would have gotten. Why are you wearing so much of that Axe shit? <laughs> I've been smoking a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. You just played yourself. Right. Yeah. You got busted. If I suddenly went through like a can of this shit, there's no way my parents wouldn't have noticed. It's absolutely not. Yeah, like a can every couple of days or something. <laughs> right. Like no. What are you doing? You're doing something. This isn't right. right. We got to get off the smoking (laughs) kick. Sorry. No, yeah, Joey's smoking again, and then his mom unplugs the computer. Uh, Our next scene, we get a, we meet a new character in the hacking community. So Dade and his friends, they introduce him to this guy that's like supposed to be, like Alan described him as like Morpheus. But that's probably just because he's black. <laughs> no, no, that is not fair. It's not just because he's black, which he is. But it's because he has that fucking like hoodie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he answered the door. This guy like has just wizard. gotten done larping because they knock on his door and he's wearing like a wizard robe with the fucking hood pulled down. He wasn't larping. He's dungeon master. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he's Some... like mysterious. Like he barely talks and he's like talking in a low voice and you can't see his full face. Like, he's so mysterious. Nikon! Lord Nikon, this is... Crash Override. Never heard of you. Done anything? No. Come on! Keep this neighborhood. What, your mom buy you a pewter for Christmas? <laughs> Does he know anything? Sure, man, he's elite. Come in. Yeah, fucking Morpheus, <laughs> Lord Nikon. Yeah, that's his name, Lord Nikon. Sponsored by uh, uh, 
a watch company, I assume, right? A camera company. Yeah. Oh, Nikon. that's that's what it is. I don't think they actually sponsor, but yeah, Nikon's a camera company. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, no. If I'm not mistaken, they actually name that's his name because he mentions he has a photographic memory. Yeah. And he can memorize everything. So that's a reference to the, the camera. Something that never oh, comes to use later. So keep that in mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think they would throw that in there because they use it at right. some point? No, they I'm don't. I'm pretty sure he says it twice, never uses it. Right. I think we skipped over a, a bit here. That's all right. What, what was it? We, uh, yeah, we, Dade's revenge for getting sent to the roof pool that doesn't exist. Because he got rained on while he was up there. And so um, he then hacks in to the school's emergency fire suppression system and he tells the automated portion of it to test the system by setting it off at the same time first period is getting out the following morning knowing that it will soak everyone leaving their class when it happens right so he goes and he's standing in the hallway with an umbrella and he opens it at just the right moment and of course kate comes out of first period just in time to be soaked by the malfunctioning alarm system (laughs) <laughs> gotta love it nothing suspicious about the guy with an umbrella in that scenario no of course not well I, you know 95 there weren't that you know it hadn't been as many of these school shootings yet so people weren't paying attention wow <laughs> like but yeah and then he tells her that it was uh, you know the pool must be leaking so yeah. pretty good right. <laughs> so after um joey copies the files and his mom cuts them off the next morning he's like taking a shower and uh, he's just kind of doing whatever and then when he steps out of the shower this is the second time <laughs> you see the fbi and there's like six guys with rifles pointed at him and he's like just arrested yep he's and, arrested by mark anthony ah uh, yes mark anthony <laughs> very odd casting choice for this movie he, yeah there's i think there's secret service now i don't i i apparently this is turned upside down my knowledge of what the secret service is but apparently they're they just arrest hackers i guess they do do some of that in real life. Okay. Um, I know it's, I don't even, I'm not like an expert by any means. I know it's spread across several different agencies, like hacking, depending on how you're doing it and what systems it involves and a lot of other factors. It's actually spread across the NSA, the CIA, the Secret Service does do some of that. It really just depends on a lot of different things. Well, Secret Service is the task force in this film. Mark Anthony's among them. And yeah, they, they take the kid in. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Steve, what do you have to say about this? Yeah, no, you know, it's a classic uh, home arrest scene. <laughs> Seems kind of weird that the kid wouldn't notice them, like, breaking into his house. Because, like, he steps out of the shower, and that's when they have, like, the guns pointed at Well, he was in face. the shower wearing his headphones wrapped in plastic. Oh, that's true. You know, he's listening, listening to Wild Ones, so. Because <laughs> he he's so, he has to listen to his headphones in the shower. Right. Yeah. So he's rocking out, and then they come in. It's just funny how, like, the second he steps out, like they pointed their guns at him, like in his bathroom. Right. <laughs> he steps out of the shower, and that's when they just fucking raid him. But there is a bit related to this, I think, is kind of clever. So they take him outside. They've got all his computer equipment's being loaded into their trucks. Mark Anthony's character tells um, the lead agent, whose name is Gil something. Yeah, it's um, Gil uh, tells him that they've recovered the computer, that they don't think the guy Joey had a chance to erase any of the data on the hard drive. And then Gil gets pulled aside by a reporter who wants to do a story on the arrest they've just made. The interview that he gives to the press in a previous scene where the other guys are meeting Lord Nikon, they see that interview on the television news. 
but they don't watch it long enough to see that what it is is their friend getting arrested. That's right. They're so, watching it like before, before probably while he's getting raided or right? something. Right, and then they change channels to watch Razor and Blade. And they miss the end of the interview, so they don't see Joey getting loaded into the, the government vehicles. So, like, you know, this, this is a goofy-ass movie. There's no denying it for me. This is a goofy-ass movie. But there are some interesting, nice little touches like that. They tie scenes together and shit. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not I was terrible. more taken in by the, um, the hacking TV show that they switched to. Yes, Razor and Blade. Which is like um, a public access, goth, club kid hacking show <laughs> all slammed together it's like these two gay asian dudes that uh they With like they, makeup and yeah, but, yeah. Goth hackers yeah. they're super uh flamboyant exactly <laughs> and they um i guess just talk about hacking on public access at certain times that only hackers know when to watch <laughs> i don't know I, well there's I'm, some probably some like bbs forum where they get the dates you know <laughs> i guess but i'm sure someone's watching a show and they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> Somebody get on ICQ and figure out when Razor and Blade are going to be on. <laughs> Blade and Razor. Perfect names. Right. Yeah, they really fit the mold in this film. Um, okay, so yeah, so Joey gets arrested, but we didn't mention to actually show him. He he hides the disc in his room. He hides the, the floppy. Yeah, so he has that know. garbage file, which actually has yeah. like big time secrets, which are revealed in the next scene. Yes. Yeah, so who does he give it to, or how do they find it? He, t- he gives it to uh, Dade? Well, he doesn't do that yet, but you're right. He does give it to Dade later on. It kind of gets, well, it gets passed, no, he gets, it, yeah. it gets passed around and eventually ends up with Dade. <laughs> well, say. Dade ends up with a copy of it. Who sees it first, then? I forgot. So he Joey, after his computer gets shut down by his mom, Joey sticks it in a vent above his bed. Yeah. Like an AC he vent. So. It. So when the FBI and should arrest him, or the Secret Service arrests him, they don't get the disc. When he goes back home, he's grounded, and there's a scene where they establish that they've released him from custody specifically so that they can um, follow oh, yeah, him yeah. and try to f- figure out where, where the disc is, because they don't know either. So he goes into the vent. When his mother ungrounds him, he goes into the vent, gets the disc out, then goes to the part where he meets Freak, to tell Freak what happened. And this is where Freak finds out. He's the first of the group to find out that Joey has been arrested, that it has something to do with the fact that he's taken a garbage file from a Gibson, and and then they realize that they're being followed, followed. by yeah. the FBI agent. Okay, yeah. So Freak takes the disc, and he hides it behind a condom machine in a men's bathroom. And then he gets arrested, too. Yeah, he goes home and destroys all his hacking stuff, so there's nothing to find in evidence when he gets arrested. And then he gets arrested. Ah, and the, he, keep going. Oh, oh, then he uses his one phone call to call Kate, who then retrieves the disc at the condom machine. When yes. Freak is arrested, that's the third time that yeah. we got the raid and that guy's with their rifles pointed in his face, because he yeah, gets raided, I mean, too. there's a lot of raids. Could go down, <laughs> for sure. It's a raid-heavy movie. Yeah. So Freak falls victim to the, like, 20 guys, and they all have rifles pointed at him. Like, he's, he's arrested. Right. Yeah, and he tells um, Kate or Acidburn, he tells her he hid it where he hid that thing that, that one time. time. And here's another instance, going back to your point earlier, there's another instance of him freaking. Um, because he, he gets arrested. Oh, yeah. He's in the jail. The cop takes him to the, to the phone to make his one call. And for the sake of this movie, at least... The way that works is you tell them what number to dial. The guy dials it for you, and then he locks the phone inside a cover that prevents you from using the touch tones. Yeah. So Freak 
the, he, you don't hear him do it, but Freak clearly gives the guy a bullshit number. The guy dials and then leaves Freak alone to make the call. And Freak uses the handset sensor dipstick, dip switch, whatever the fuck that piece is called. I can't remember. But uh, you, you, he taps it. And like it's in like, a sequence. Yeah, it's like a nine, nine tap sequence, which gets him an operator. And then he uses the operator to call Kate. Yeah. 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 And um, Razor and Blade right. are showing a similar way. They have like a little recorder. And they yeah. explain in their show the access channel how to like play the tones and they're doing the freaking thing too. And that's what freak had been doing in that first scene when Dade meets him at the school. Yeah. Ah, so continuity. it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of yeah. the explanation. Like if you didn't know what this was, when you saw him doing it at the beginning, this is what he was doing. Yeah. Now what is so thing. important on this disc that's getting passed around? So you find out through exposition with Eugene and the woman turns out to be the plague, his, the plague. <laughs> Don't ever call me that. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll destroy you. <laughs> you find out that he is having a romantic relationship with a woman who's apparently on the board of directors for this minerals company. And that with help, some kind of unspecified help from her has planted a worm in the company's accounting system that takes little fractions of sense off of transactions uh, the company participates in. And, and funnels the money to another account, which is basically the same motive from Office Space and Superman 3 and like four other movies. Um, also known as salami slicing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a term. <laughs> it's a great term. You're really coming in hot with the terminology tonight. That's, yes. that's good. It's a good contribution. It's called salami slicing because like Steve said, you cut off the littlest parts. And they even mentioned that <laughs> since um, it's just being transferred around as data, no one notices. Right, that's awesome. That's a good, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's Office Space, Superman three, which right. I never saw. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus is really not Richard Dreyfus. Richard, uh, Richard Pryor. Pryor, low point as an actor. Excuse me, I do know the difference between Richard Pryor and Richard Dreyfus. I swear, um, <laughs> including so, that one of them's dead. All Richards look the same to you. <laughs> you Richard foe bastard. Uh, so yeah, they um, and then it. It ends up equating to something like $24 million or some arbitrary amount, but it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So the so the plague, I was going to say the black plague, the plague <laughs> is the villain, actually. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's the villain in the film, but he's the villain to the characters within the movie as well because he's stealing from this company. Sure, the hackers did hack in and they stole some data, but all they stole was really information that he's robbing the company, right? Right. It, so it happens, you don't really get an explanation as to why you'd be doing things this way, but apparently information about how the worm works is being hidden in, in in the same garbage file that Joey has gotten a piece of. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, they realize that that's the whole point of the movie. They stumble upon this, you know, conspiracy or this whatever you want to call it. Right. And um, so, then Kate gets the disc and then she goes to Dade for help. Her and Serial get together and go to date. Yeah. Well, I, before that all goes down, there's a couple of things that I wrote down that I just want to touch on real quick. Um, one of them is that the the play guy tries to enlist Dade. Yes. To help him uh, figure out, I guess, who stole it, or I don't know. He wants to get him on his side because he's like oh, yeah. the, the famous hacker. And I love Dade's response. I'd like to make a treaty with you. I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm the one who understands you. Now, can we be allies? Nah. 
I don't play well with others. It's pretty funny. Nah. <laughs> Basically what he says. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he smashes his uh, stereo with the bat. Yeah. <laughs> to like intimidate him. His intimidation tactics are on yeah. point. He's like, you want to mess with me? Okay. He picks up a baseball bat and just like smashes his stereo. <laughs> pretty funny, man. Dude, man, the, the hacker life is pretty gangster sometimes. Yeah, I know, man. He's like, it's like the mob. So then, I also have wait, real okay. quick another. <laughs> so there's a point there's a, where there's a house party. There's like a very 1995 house party where um, that's where actually we find out that Angelina Jolie is acid burn. But yes. Dade is checking out Angelina Jolie's equipment, and she has a boyfriend at this point in the movie, and he's wearing a fucking. JVC sweatshirt, which it, I just thought was the funniest shit. It's a motorcycle jacket. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a motorcycle. Well, it's a motorcycle top, and like that style was super popular at that point. And I don't, I, I, I think the trend may have actually started in Japan. But uh, yeah, it was weird that people would want to wear these jerseys that had like motorcycle jerseys that had like like corporate logos on them. Like I'm sponsored by JVC. Like okay, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I just thought it was like a JVC like product right. placement. Like I didn't know it had any stylistic reasoning. Dude, there are guys that are really into bicycles that will do this even today. They'll wear these jerseys that look like like Tour de France jerseys, and they've got all the sponsors' names on them. Like they're like they're pro riders, but it's just like Bob who lives in Reseda, and he's just he's riding around on his bike, just way yeah, into it. I know that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like a, he's a great cyclist, Bob. It's like your favorite Friends episode where Joey gets all the Ferrari gear. The Porsche stuff. <laughs> or Porsche stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. outside pretending he owns this Porsche. Yeah. He's like decked out in Porsche stuff. I so, want to make a quick point. Sure. Um, when they're in Kate's house party and they're looking at her laptop, because I guess she has like a brand new laptop. It's like state of the art or brand new. There's a part where um, Dade or Kate mentions it has a risk processor. It has a killer refresh rate. P6 chip. Triple the speed of the Pentium. Yeah, it's not just the chip. It has it has a PCI bus. But you knew that. Indeed. Risk architecture is going to change everything. Yeah, risk is good. Because it's like part of the movie. It's like, oh, look how cool this laptop is. Yeah. And then she says, or I forget if it's her or Dade. One of them says it's going to change the world. Yeah. And when they said that, I don't think they realized in a weird way actually how true that is because um, risk processors are used in pretty much every mobile phone nowadays. I think last year, um, ARM shipped out like a billion risk processors. So in a weird way, they actually have changed pretty much how we do everything. Um, right. Your phone, your iPhone, Android, they all use uh, risk ARM processors. No shit. Yeah. So I got the vibe that they were just saying that to like sound edgy or kind of cool because it's like for the movie. But they were actually almost exactly right on that. Wow. It would have had to have come from the IT consultants because risk architecture really was really new at that point. Yeah, it, it was. was a big, big talking point. So and the yeah. chief says it's going to change the world, and then now look, every they're in like billions of devices. Right, <laughs> it's crazy. That is a trip, man. Yeah. So they were actually <laughs> right with that. Right. Um, let's go back to where we were before about passing the MacGuffin around. Where were you on that, Alan? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, Kate, Kate has acquired the deal. Kate has it because she grabbed it from where uh, Freak hit it, and then she goes to Dade, or her and Serial go to Dade for help because they don't know what they have, but they're like, "Look, this is something crazy. People are getting arrested. We need your help." Yeah, they know it's important, so they want him to like join their little cause, right? But he 
he says like no i'm on probation or some shit he he doesn't want to get involved with legal shit anymore yeah he's in specific about it he's like i can't he just says i can't afford to get in trouble and the compromise is they ask him to make a copy of it just so that there's a, a version of it somewhere that nobody can fuck with if they get arrested yes so he he takes the disc and he does agree to do just that one role in the whole thing but um, later on, Plague basically comes back to him and says, look, you're either going to help me or I'm going to, like, hack your mom. <laughs> right. I'm going to make your mom a hardcore wanted criminal. Yeah. <laughs> he calls him and you can, uh, the Plague is, like, on his computer and you can see him changing his mom's, like, record in some database that apparently is everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the it's NCIC like, oh, database. It's an yeah. actual national criminal database. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Lauren Murphy is now a wanted felon in the state of Washington. Forgery, embezzlement, two drug convictions, plus she jumped parole. When she's arrested, she will not have a trial. She will not pass go. She will go directly to jail. Then I change this file back to the original and your mom disappears. That's bullshit. What can I tell you? Computers never lie, kid. Your mom will be arrested at work. She'll be handcuffed and later strip searched. You lay a finger on her and I'll kill you. Kid, don't threaten me. There are worse things than death and uh, I can do all of them. So she's like a wanted felon and she has all these convictions and he's like, she's gonna go to jail forever. Well, and then the threat is really, it's really a pretty fucked up threat when you think about it, because he, before he does, actually makes the changes, he's explaining to his girlfriend what he's doing and how it works, and that how easy it is to, like, manipulate these records and change them or delete them entirely, and then when he calls Dade to threaten him with this, not only does he say, I'm going to turn your mom into a crazy wanted criminal, but then once she's been processed and taken to jail, I'm going to go back in and just delete her existence entirely, so she just gets lost in the jails. Oh yeah, and that's, that's way pretty fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, that's right. Crazy. <laughs> that's almost ins- that's better than what some of the Bond villains. I don't know. Had. They 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 might let her out. Like, cause, well, no, I mean, <laughs> right. if he really can do that in the record. Well, I that's mean, the like point. they they do like they count you when you're in jail and stuff, and right. they like run your wristband and stuff. So like, no, realistically, like, you're probably she's right. not on the record. Like they they like, separate her probably from the general population, and like <laughs> like we have no record of this person. She's obviously not supposed to be here. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> But there's just one of those little movie loopholes. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing actually went down in the show um, Castle Rock. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so the plague says, look, you got to help me out. And he said, Dade tells him, OK, don't fuck with my mom. Don't hack my mom. I'll give you the disc. So they have a little exchange late at night on a misty night in a back alley. But what the plague doesn't know is that he's being given Dade's copy and not the original disc. Right. Yeah. When he, when he's in the alley, I know where Corey's going. With <laughs> yes. <this. laughs> Alan, do you want to describe the handoff of the disc? Dade shows up in this dark, empty alley. It's late at night. It's probably sometime early in the morning, and he's waiting for him because it's the rendezvous point. And then you see the headlights of the vehicle come down the street, like, oh, it's him. But the plague, as you see the car come by, isn't in the car. He's holding onto it with his skateboard. Yeah, he's Marty McFly and his ass up. <laughs> and as he goes by Dade, he grabs the disc and then keeps going attached to the vehicle. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a limo. He's <laughs> being towed by a limo. On it's a skateboard. Wonky ass backwards, nonsensical, no reasoning. Even at 12, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? The Power Rangers would be too ashamed to have that in their movie. I'll tell you that. That's too dumb. But the scene actually culminates just from an aesthetic standpoint. My favorite shot in the whole movie where Dade, for whatever inexplicable reason, for a moment tries to chase the plague away. And then he ends up kind of standing there in this alley with this backlit steam emanating from the manholes. It's a very like noir movie moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the steam. That's a classic. Right. It's a great looking shot. Yeah. It was a nicely composed moment. Right. I yeah. agree. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, he now Plague has the disc. And then what is he, he tells him that he he tells Kate and Freak that he gave him or he tells everyone he gave him a copy. Yep. And then they all freak out on him. They're like, why would you do that? Like cuz they're they're looking at their copy and they're trying to figure out what it is. They're kind of like unraveling it. And they have like this like time-lapse hacking montage where they're I guess figuring out what the fuck's going on in there and they find um, to find out that plague implemented this virus, <laughs> the office space virus. Steve, what do we got next? Now, wait, wait, we got to go back. Cause there's sure. an important part we missed for the whole movie. Actually, before they find out what it is, the plague demonstrates that there's a virus in there, the Da Vinci virus. And that it says that if they don't wire money to an account that they're going to use the virus or the, the code to capsize several tankers. That's right. The Da Vinci virus. Yeah. Which yeah is basically the Da Vinci like, virus. It's, it's a, like a painting of a Da Vinci that talks. No, what's it, the guy's name? What's um, that drawing, Steve? Yeah, the shit. The, you know that real famous Da Vinci drawing name. of the man with his arms spread and his legs spread and there's a circle drawn around him? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It's a, it, that's, the face is supposed to be from that. I don't know why I can't think of the name of that piece, but yeah. So, yeah, they're right. The, the, they have a meeting, a board meeting. This is the same time they establish the relationship between the plague and his girlfriend, or at least part of it. And uh, he he lies to the board of directors and claims that hackers hacked into the company's computer and have corrupted the system used to control the GPS systems on their oil tankers and then plays them the video, which threatens that if they don't get money... Um, they're going to use the corrupted GPS systems to flood the ballast tanks in a bunch of this company's ships, which will sink them. It's the Vit- yeah. the Vitruvian Man. Yeah, the Vitruvian Man. There you go. Thank you. And um, they make the threat that they're going to do it to like seven of them, but they have like 50 worldwide, so they don't know which ones. Right. So there's no way to like completely stop all their operations, so they're in a really tough place. So his plan or the plague plan is to get the disc back so they don't know, but otherwise he would blame it on the hackers. Right. And I'm not sure thinking about it now, if he got the disc back, would he still use the hack he made to get money? No, not the hack, but the virus. Would he still, was he still going to capsize the boats if he knew he got the disc back? I, I don't think he intended to actually capsize the boats unless it became absolutely necessary yeah, okay. to making his plan work, but... He was going to continue on. This was all basically just to hide the evidence yeah, of the yeah. other scam, which okay. he, was, he had no intention of giving up. Yeah. But okay. yeah. But there's another subplot here we've actually kind of gleaned past, at, incidentally. So <laughs> around the time that that Joey's getting arrested and, and his storyline is going in that direction, um, Kate and Dade have gotten competitive enough with each other 
that the, the other members of the group have decided that they need to have a competition between them to see which of them is more elite. So here's the deal. The chosen contest, to hassle Secret Service agent Richard Gill and get one back for Joey. Our decisions are final by a vote of two to one. No appeals. The duel will last until we declare a winner. Use only the dial-ups, access codes, and passwords in your collection. Can't ask for any help from us. Any questions? Yeah. Who's gonna notify his next of kin? Yeah. Because being elite is like the pinnacle of being a hacker in the world of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's their way to like basically say someone's not a scrub. Like they're elite. It's okay. Right? They're elite. Yeah. <laughs> and so the competition is based around harassing Richard Gill, who's the the FBI agent or I'm sorry, Secret Service agent leading the investigation against Joey and the rest of them. I guess the competition is to see who could ruin his life more. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it starts off by placing a, a fake ad connected to his office phone number in a like a BDSM magazine. Um, where, so he gets all kinds of sexually explicit phone calls at work. And, yeah. you know, they... they uh, oh, Kate they, cancels his credit card. Yeah, they cancel his credit card so that it gets cut up at a restaurant. So yes. the waiter comes up and cuts it in front of him. The waiter right? takes his card because it got declined, walks up to the table the guy's eating at, and that's pulls a, out a pair of scissors and just cuts it up in front of him and just, like, drops the drops scissors. The and that's another old trope. And I have no idea where it yeah. came from, but that's something that was seen in a lot of, like, TV and film over a period of decades. And I don't know if it ever actually happened in real life. I wouldn't think so. No, can you imagine but, nowadays, like, if you're... Your card got declined and the guy just like cuts it up i'd be like what the well, fuck the, are you doing the version of the story i heard was that they're only allowed to do it if they get some kind of bounce back from the from the issuer and that the issuer technically did have the right to ask them to destroy the card i don't know if it's true but, yeah but i mean like, like what the fuck are you doing where it's that bad if your card just gets declined like you just don't have money what are you doing right. where they're like cut that card up right now or it didn't read the magnetic strip yeah. properly right <laughs> We gotta cut this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so his card gets declined at dinner. He gets a bunch of sexually explicit yeah. phone calls. They change his criminal record to say he's got 130 outstanding tickets. So he gets arrested. Yeah. Um, then they have uh, have him declared legally dead to fuck with his ability to get paid. So this whole thing is built around them hacking him. But like at every point where they're doing the hacking, these individual items they're always doing it in some kind of like either dramatic or cool looking setting. Like at one point they're in Chinatown at a, at a phone booth that looks like a little Chinese pagoda with a dragon on it or something. And like in another scene, they're like on the top of a building in downtown Manhattan for some reason. They're never like in a neckbeard's basement. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess maybe, you know, this is before there were like, um, ways to hide your IP like you had to do this all by phone so maybe they just they don't yeah I guess the idea was you don't want to do it at home because you don't want to use your phone line yeah but yeah sure yeah but uh, you're right you know they they, they travel to do their hacking <laughs> right. pretty interesting it's a kind of a crew of hacking gypsies you know except they live in apartments in Manhattan wayward <laughs> hackers there's, a, there's another great part I think it's kind of back closer to when you first meet the plague but there's a scene where you see him with a with a headset and he's in like his office like playing a video game. He's basically like doing like a ready player one. Like he's in like a booth, like yeah. he has the headset on and he's like 
he's he's like getting knocked back when he gets hit <laughs> which is crazy because that thing for that time is again it was i think way far ahead of its time because now we have the vive and the the vr headset like yes i, have the... I, I mean, in the 90s uh, vr was supposed to be like it was a, the next huge yeah. thing like virtual reality was that terminology was thrown around in movies and in general life at least from what i remember all the time it was always going to be the next thing like virtual reality is coming virtual reality is coming and now we have some form of it that's like okay but i remember right. it was supposed to be it was supposed to be like ready player one basically yeah. <laughs> but that it never really looks- quite panned out to be that gnarly it looked that very similar to what we have now so i thought that was pretty neat yeah it's a lot like a like a psvr or yeah. Eve or whatever yeah, yeah i mean exactly. i remember seeing those at like high-end arcades like you can like pay yeah. money to like put those kind of big headsets on and, and they play put VR you in games. that plastic like pen thing yeah yeah well, they had that at like disneyland for a little while in the starcade which has been since uh, right. shut down unfortunately the starcade seriously <laughs> i was just talking about the starcade with somebody <laughs> and they had the, they originally had two floors yes and then they shut the second floor down yep and then they shut the first floor down and then they reopened it as Flynn's Arcade for the sequel to Tron and then closed it again. Yeah, I mean, it was great when it was two two stories. I could spend right? so much time there. My dad would get pissed. He's like, right, Disneyland, you want absolutely. to spend a bunch of time in the arcade? Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There was like a $5 limit for me. After It's like, no, no, I didn't buy Disneyland tickets. There was an arcade like six minutes from where we lived. Yeah. Like, I didn't do, I'm not driving all the way to Anaheim paying 120 bucks a person to get in so you can spend more money in an arcade. Let's go on Space Mountain. Like, but they have Top Skater. Right. <laughs> God, and I remember it even years before that, man. Oh, God. The original Star Tours and Captain EO. Yeah. Man, and fucking no disrespect to Finding Nemo, but the submarine ride was better. Was it? Oh, the submarine ride was sick. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that one. Right? That was one of my favorite parts of going to Disneyland was that original submarine ride. Yeah, that was sick. We were so far off topic. But (laughs) yeah. Okay, anyways. Captain EO, man. (laughs) Captain EO. I don't think, you know what? I'm going to just put this out there. I don't think this is the last time we've talked about Captain EO. Oh, That's no. all I'm going to say. No, no, I hope not. And also, um, Moonwalker. We should do Moonwalker. Oh, my God. Isn't that even a movie? It's it, just like a series is. of Michael Jackson music videos. Oh, yeah, it's true. It is true. Yeah. All right, we'll get back okay. to Moonwalker. That's a great idea. So where were we? Um, um, there was one other asterisk I wanted to add oh, okay. to uh, Kate and Date's competition over Richard was that there are stakes. And uh, the stakes are that if Kate loses, she has to go on a date with Dade. And if she has to wear a dress, and she has to wear a dress, and if uh, if if Dave loses, he has to do a bunch of bitch work for her, and also go out with her wearing a dress. Um, Either way, they go on a date. Yeah, which is weird because the first time around, when the first set of stakes were established, she's like, "I don't do dates," but okay. Um, <laughs> I just fuck guys in JVC mo- motorcycle sweaters. I'm really into dudes that are really into JVC. Yeah. <laughs> How much can you tell me about JVC? Well, it stands for Japanese Victor Corporation. <laughs> you win, Steve. Right. I know officially know more about JVC than anyone who doesn't know, work for JVC. You're our JVC um, expert. <laughs> the resident JVC expert. They were one of the pioneers of VHS technology. <laughs> Yes. All right. So so this movie had a plot. We were somewhere in it. I don't remember where. Um, So they find out. They found out what's on the the disc. They've discovered the salami slicing. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, how do they? How does it go from there? Like they know what's on there. 
Um, this is also where they established that um, that Dade is actually zero cool. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, famous because they can't believe he's zero cool. <laughs> My note says, all right, so Plague wants to launch the virus, and they need to expose them by doing the only thing they know how to do. <laughs> Hacking. I'll hack the Gibson. Dude, they'll trace you like that, man. The cops are going to find you. They're going to find you with a smoking gun. Fucked if I care, man. Look, even if you had the password, it'll take you 10 minutes to get in, and you still got to find the files, man. I mean, the cops will have you in five minutes. Oh, wow, we are fried. Never send a boy to do a woman's job. With me, we can do it in seven. You both screwed. I help we do it in six. Jesus, I got to save all your asses. I help we could do it in five minutes, man. Okay. Let's go shopping. <laughs> Boom! And this is where it gets the most confusing, like multi-layered wise. You got to kind of keep track of what they're doing. Absolutely. I, I, as a layman who just has seen this once, here's what I got. They need to recruit some people and do a big hack. Yes. To get this whole thing worked out. Now, at first I was like, oh, they're going to get all the hackers of the world, but they actually just get like four more guys, I think, that are in different places. Right. No, they, they, go to, they go to Razor and Blade and ask for their help. Yeah. And then they initially don't want to help them, but I think it's Razor or Blade. I don't remember which one. One of them says that they should get on the internet and recruit help from around the world. Which they end up doing. Yeah, but it only shows like three people around the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like one person for each major city. Yeah. There's like Tokyo Hacker and like... <laughs> Tokyo Hacker, Italy Hacker, English Hacker. Yeah. And uh, I think we're missing one there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you're right. They, they got, got people all people around the world, I guess. It's kind of like the Captain Planet crew, but for hackers. Yeah, there's only a handful. <laughs> they got the elite hacker from each country. <laughs> so they have this big hacker... I don't want to say hack off because that was earlier. They're doing like a the big hack. <laughs> and their plan is to steal the rest of the garbage file because they only have half of it. Yeah. But they say that with the Gibson that the police will find them in five minutes, which is why they have to get a bunch of people and they have to do it fast because they have less than five minutes to copy the rest of the garbage file so they can prove what he was doing. Exactly. And... Well, they're doing this whole thing. They're they're going into the computer systems. It gets real graphic at this point. And I don't mean like as far as gore or sex. I mean, you see the hacking in oh, visual in, form. You're in cyberspace now. You're in cyberspace. <laughs> yeah. You're traveling through. There's numbers. There's formulas all over the place. There's math. You see the pi symbol float past. Yeah, you see there's the transistors. Wo- yeah, there's transistors. You're on a circuit board. <laughs> there's like, you're traveling along a wire. Like, it, there's all this like hacking, sci- like 90, 95 fucking stupid shit. Oh my God. It looks... It looks fucking laughable. And the funny thing is, that's not just for the viewers. They see it on their screen. <laughs> they see it. <laughs> what kind of gooeys do these guys have, man? Like, <laughs> When you guys have to fix problems in Windows, you don't use a bunch of like physics equations? Like, we don't dive into the CPU? <laughs> no, man. I don't fucking jump into the monitor and like literally run through the streets of fucking... <laughs> so I don't need to understand the effects of mass on gravitational pull in order to fix a directory issue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know what you mean. Like the, the math formulas that are like just... like It's like a bunch of algebraic calculus. I don't know anything right. about math. But it has it's a bunch no of sense fun. to what they're doing. It's just like yeah. random... It's like, like six formulas. times seven to the second power of nine. Like just like flying <laughs> past the screen. Fucking cosine. Like, Jesus, what are they doing here? Yeah. How is this relevant to them? Like trying to like 
log into some server remotely and, and like, like execute commands. and like transfer a file over. <laughs> like, <laughs> did this movie suddenly become a brilliant mind? Like, what is this about? Yeah, yeah. Is that the Russell Crowe jam? Yes, <laughs> it reminds yeah. me a lot of the the scene from The Hangover when they get to the casino. And Alan's like a genius, and you see all the shit like he's seeing. You see all the formulas yeah. going on in his brain, like while he's like doing the card counting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of that. And there's like this speech where um, I think it's the plagues. How he's saying, "You can't beat me." Game's over. Last chance to get out of this without a prison sentence. You're not good enough to beat me. Shit. Yeah, maybe I'm not. We are, you asshole. Give it up. Minutes just give it up which is pretty good <laughs> yeah so it, really it, it all culminates when they're hacking the gibson the plague very shortly finds out what's going on so he goes to his mainframe and then there's a whole battle where they're hacking and they're trying to find the garbage file the plague's trying to stop them all this shit's going on it makes no sense like one hacker um has like rabbits appear on the screen or what does he mention he's like oh re- unleash the rabbits or something oh, and they all yeah. like do like certain tasks yeah like each names. hack has its own name yeah and then the defense has a name that's like applicable to the name of the attack so like if there's like a rabbit attack you got like the rabbit slayer or some shit <laughs> or he's like give it a flu shot or yeah something. he's like yeah <laughs> if there's like it's like the virus is coming in apply the flu shot all <laughs> these like these names that like go with like what if they send in like a fucking lion and you don't have the fucking lion bullet or whatever like you, you just you just have the fucking pepper spray you gotta defense. hope that like the Gibsons run by anti-vaxxers they just don't have any other right antiviruses for whatever yeah. you're <laughs> and they're not into it not even virtually right. so yeah they have the huge battle what's and... pretty good too is like as the plague starts mm-hmm. losing like the lights in his room start turning red. Like it's like he's on the Enterprise. Like oh, yeah, <laughs> and to, it's gone to like red alert. Like to show how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. things are going bad. Like the lighting changes in his room to all red. Can we talk for a second about the fact that in the course of pulling this hack off, Dade for some strange reason needs to wear like an eyepiece? Oh, like the one eye. Yeah, he like puts on HMD. like a fucking. Uh, there like was a, a th- there was like an add-on for that in Nintendo. The thing yeah. you yell fire into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fucking weird, man. Like, what are you what are you doing with the eyepiece? It reminds like, me of like a vertical DBZ power scouter. Yes. <laughs> you know, like the eye thing. Yeah. It's like vertical. So he's like looking at the power level. Like, oh, I can see the code in extra layers. <laughs> you can see the black place what? power level. <laughs> he's somehow learned to like read two different sets of code with each eye. <laughs> So, yeah, so then they're all doing it, and then at the very end, they get all the hackers from around the world to, like, attack at once, and then they overload the Gibson, and they steal, they get the data, they steal the data. Well, the the virus, the Da Vinci virus, Mm -hmm. like, what's the name of that guy? The Vitruvian Man. Yeah, the Vitruvian Man, like, as he's getting defeated, starts saying, help me! Oh, he's like, like, no! The virtual image on the screen (laughs) of the virus calls for help. Like... (laughs) Like I can understand, I guess, like having it there, but like, why would it say how Arnold me? Schwarzenegger bursts in Skynet has become self-aware? Yeah, right? <laughs> You've got to dump the whole thing in molten lava. <laughs> yeah. Like a T one thousand melting, like oh man. <laughs> <laughs> like this virus is alive and they're killing it. Yeah, it has like feelings and it's like in, it's like in fear, like <laughs> my existence. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, that's stupid. That was dumb. 
pretty great. But they do end up exposing this guy, the plague, yeah. Um, yeah, shortly after getting arrested. Because they do get caught at the end. But then it's revealed that, uh, you know, they found out the truth. Mm-hmm. One of their friends who wasn't caught goes on their public access. Take He hacks into TVs all around, I guess, the city, maybe the state, maybe the world. I'm not really sure. But he hacks into a bunch of TVs and he, he publicly, like, provides the information that the plague was behind the whole thing. Yeah, it was serial. So without any uh, trial or court case, the kids get let out and uh, they arrest the plague. <laughs> That's all the evidence we need. <laughs> You're free to go. Shaggy has never told a lie before. Right. And I don't think he's going to start now. Dude, that Shaggy in full rave mode. Yeah, cause, well, yeah, because it's Matthew Lillard. That's right. why we're saying Shaggy, by I the love, way. I love how they're like at the station and, and then that's when Serial comes on and you know says what's going on. And that somehow like immediately exonerates them. They're like free to go. There's nothing else needed. Like everyone saw the, the TV. Yeah, we don't need to look into this at all before we just release you. <laughs> Worldwide global television appearance. Yes, that's right. I'm here to tell you about this heinous scheme hatched from within Ellington Mineral. But for what, you ask? World domination? Nay. Something far more attacking. A virus called Da Vinci that when launched would cause Ellington Mineral tankers to capsize was to be blamed on innocent hackers. But this virus was really the smokescreen, right? What could be so vitally important to protect that someone would create such a, a nasty, antisocial, very uncool virus program? But why? Could it be to cover the tracks of this worm program? A worm that was to steal 25 million bucks. The password to this hungry little sucker belongs to Margo head of public oh relations God. for Ellingson Mineral, and Eugene Belford, computer security officer. Son of oh a my. bitch! <laughs> What's this? Is this the unnamed account in the Bahamas where the money was to be stashed? I think so. Unlucky! We all saw it on TV. <laughs> oh, I guess the hackers win. Yeah. <laughs> they sure do. The guy gets the girl. Yes, he does. And they get their date. But before that... Um, they show the plague was in bed with the chick he was working with. Yes. And when the police come to arrest her, the, another raid, you see the police show up with the rifles again. Oh, yeah. They raid her <laughs> for like the fourth time. <laughs> uh, the plague is already gone, and he's on a plane to Tokyo. And the waitress refers to him as uh, Mr. Babbage, which is a reference to Charles Babbage. Who yeah, basically that's right. invented the computer or... Oh, I shit. guess it's arguable. The but, uh, uh, difference engine. Yeah. Yeah. So she calls him Mr. Babbage because that's like his alias. And then that's when you see Gil arrest him on the plane. Like he had to wait till he was. Yeah. He asked, for, he asked for a pillow <laughs> in the plane from the uh, right? flight attendant. And then you see someone put a pillow behind his head and he's like, thank you. And then like they cuff his hand like they were on the plane the whole time. You're already in the air to Tokyo. <laughs> Why would you have waited till now? Are you really going to make the whole you're either going to make the whole flight turn back or you're going to sit on this plane for like 13 hours to get just so you can turn around again. I was waiting for the right cinematic comedic moment to arrest him. Right. Yeah. You know, I just really needed this to play for the movie. Like, <laughs> Got to arrest him in style. Why <laughs> would would. Who would have ever made that choice? It's like, you just arrest him before the plane takes off, and then you get him back into the airport. You're done. He was probably like, sitting back there for like a couple hours, dude. Right? Yeah, dude, it's a long yeah. flight. The plane had to taxi, and like, they don't start serving drinks until you've been in the air for like half an hour already. Yeah. 
Like, so, <laughs> they've probably been sitting back there for over an hour. You're right. Yeah, like, just kicking it, just waiting. Kicking it. Reading. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to arrest this dude once we're in the air. <laughs> we got uh, some time. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Don't worry about it. You guys uh, looking at the Sky Mall? <laughs> yeah. Same shit as last time. <laughs> so, Sky yeah. Mall, a magazine that shit's been selling the same fucking Lord of the Rings gear since I was a kid. <laughs> since those movies were new. Every time you oh. look in there, it's like the Even Star Pendant, the One Ring, right? sword replicas. <laughs> For a long time, it was like the sharper image of airline catalogs, which is a weird thing to think about. There's such a thing as an airline catalog. But yeah, it's where they always had like automatic cat feeders. Like weird alarms and putting machines. Like, why are you trying to sell this to me while I'm on a plane? <laughs> I'm on a plane. I'm going somewhere. You want me to buy fucking automatic cat feeders and Lord Random of the Rings memorabilia? Expensive shit or overpriced shit? I'm going to buy a replica of Gandalf's sword for some reason. Right? Why is this the environment in which you're trying to pitch me that? Like, I don't understand. I didn't get on a flying store. <laughs> Oh man, I guess we all hate Sky Mall. <laughs> right, it just makes no sense. Fuck off, Sky Mall. Right. <laughs> it's the only place where they like do that. It's so weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> back to the movie. He gets arrested. They win. Um, it ends at the very end with Dade and Kate in a pool, a rooftop pool. They're on the rooftop pool. And then they start making out and finally get together. And on the building across the street, it says crash and burn. Crash and burn. I guess he does play well with others after all. Yeah, absolutely. He Earlier in the film, he says, I don't play well with others. And it's like, it's supposed to be like a cool guy, kind of like, oh yeah, I'm a loner, a badass. But it sounds so lame. I don't play well with others. So yeah, um... It ends with them in the pool, and they're together, and they won. They yep, free he gets and... Angelina Jolie, and uh, he's <laughs> now an A-list superstar, so congratulations, actor whose name I don't know. Hey, Johnny Lee Miller <laughs> and Angelina Jolie got married after they made this film. They were married for like four years. What is it with her marrying every actor she works with? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so for real, they got married? Was that oh, guy yeah. in anything else? Um, yes, actually, he's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, shit. Um, he's, he's actually English and had done a bunch of stuff in England and continued to do other stuff in England after. But yeah, he's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He's in a Sherlock Holmes show on the BBC. He was in the live-action film adaptation of Aeon Flux. Um, he's, he's got a surprisingly thorough resume. In fact, a lot of the people in this movie, even if you don't recognize them on initial viewing, if you pull them up like an IMDb have been in a surprising number of other things. The kid that played Joey, Jesse Bradford, is in a ton of other stuff in the mid and late 90s, um, some of which he starred in. Like, he was the main character. Obviously, Matthew Lillard was in a bunch of stuff. Elaine Bracco, who plays the plague's girlfriend, was in a shitload of stuff. She she was in a movie with Sean Connery called The Medicine Man. She was Tony Soprano's therapist on the entire run of The Sopranos. Um, and, and don't forget, Freak was in Con Air. Yeah, yeah. Freak was in Con Air. He was in. He was. He's actually probably had less work than almost any of the others did. And he's the one guy I recognize. Well, right? aside from Matthew Lillard and Fisher Angelina. Stevens, who was also in Short Circuit too, has been in a ton of other movies and TV, <laughs> including the Mario Brothers movie. It's weird. It's a whole cast full of people. You look at them and you're like, I have no idea who that is. But Only top tier stuff for that guy, huh? right? <laughs> but if you pull up their resumes on IMDb, you're like, oh shit, wait, this person's been in a dozen things I've seen, and I just didn't realize it was right. that. Angelina uh, Jolie. She's obviously the most famous yeah, one. She's got the biggest career, yeah. for sure. 
How's she doing? Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You keep in touch <laughs> with her still? Oh, it's, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, in Nikon, Nikon, the only other thing I can think of he was in was The Crow. But he was in a few other movies, too. Uh, he was in something. I looked him up. He had a very brief role in True Romance. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're totally right. Oh, yeah. you know what? He also played Jean Michael Basquiat in the movie about his life. I don't know that one. Basquiat. That was uh, Jean Michael Basquiat was uh, an artist from New York City who died very young, and uh, that actor played played him in a movie about his life from mm-hmm. the early '90s. Yeah. Right on. Well, I mean, that was Hackers. It yeah. was a film I had never seen until now, so thank you for showing it to me, Steve. <laughs> yes, I was yeah, a bit skeptical, I but uh, I, you know, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about our ratings. So let's go with Alan first. All right, I'm gonna give this movie six out of ten. CPUs, <laughs> cores, <laughs> six out of ten cores. It was wonky. It made no sense. I think this one probably very similar in a way to Con Air, not story or any movie wise, but just how it was kind of enjoyable. It was wonky. Things didn't make sense. Everything was kind of weird, but there were small tidbits and parts, and it was entertaining at the very least. And I like computers and technology, and even though this made no sense, so I'll give it a solid six, maybe a five. All right. I am going to give this one uh, two and a half out of five stars. I'd say it's pretty good. Like, I enjoyed watching it. I It doesn't have a lot of rewatch value for me, I don't think. I don't know if I'll ever want to watch it again necessarily. I know Steve does, but I mean, I think it's good to see once. It's it's very 90s. And like I said, to me, it just strikes me as like um, an alternative to like Clueless. It's like made for a certain crowd in the 90s of like, their glamorized version of this and this is what it is like yeah. of like guys who play on computers like here's your glamorized version of this this is what you could be and uh, i think that's pretty fun it doesn't take itself too seriously yeah so that's pretty good too yeah. uh anyway steve what you got you know what i'm gonna line up with alan on this one i'm gonna do six out of ten cores i'm a little <laughs> bit biased because i saw the movie as a 12 year old in 95 when it was culturally relevant and i really liked it and i've continued to just like watching it every so often since then but uh in, in all seriousness like yeah it's goofy yeah it's a little wonky yeah all the computer stuff is kind of ridiculous but nothing about the movie is like it's not like showgirls where it's like all the acting was terrible it like none of the acting was terrible None of it was poorly put together. It wasn't edited in a weird way. It wasn't poorly shot. There was some nice-looking cinematography in it. You can tell they at least made some effort, to, if, as far as the set design was concerned. There was some real stuff, like like Freaking and, and the, the books of NSA Trusted Networks and stuff, real things that got thrown in. And like, it's, yeah, I it's, like that a lot. Right? Like, it's, not, it's definitely not, like, a classic in the typical use of the term but like it, it's just there's something like I don't say there's something kind of light and entertaining and about it and uh it's silly but in a way that that like I like I don't know very pleasing yeah. I think Corey maybe made a good point it just doesn't take itself too seriously right so I'm okay with how weird it is right. it doesn't try to be like yeah this is how it is and this yeah is it's super not serious. it's not like the Chris Hemsworth one <laughs> yeah no was, yeah no, that see that was, was a problem with that one that was a huge what problem. was it called black, black hat, hat. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right by Michael Mann. I can never remember if it's black hat or white hat. <laughs> yeah, but no, see, that was actually a problem with that one because that one did what 
opposite of what we just said. It took itself way too seriously. What about Swordfish? Wasn't like Hugh Jackman like the big hacker in Swordfish? Yeah. Is that on our list? I don't know. That should be on the list. Okay, I'll put it on the list. That <laughs> and the net with Sandra Bullock. Ooh. I never even heard of that. Ooh, Ooh. we were going to like that one. <laughs> Alan knows that one. Yeah. I that... know both those movies in the net too, but yeah. I never saw them, so I'm down. Oh, yeah. We got to do two of those. Okay. All that's, right. That's good. List them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> After we stop recording. All right. So there's no hat this week. Um, we have all come to a mutual agreement on the next one we want to do. It's a movie that we uh, all hold very dear to our hearts, and we have a lot to say about. Next time on Big Dumb Movie, we're going to be talking about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yes. Yeah, that one's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that, people. If you want to talk to us, send us an email at uh, bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. Our podcast is also on our website, bigdumbmovie.com. And uh, yeah, give us a shout. We'll read off your email on the show. Until next time, guys. See you on Terminator 2. See ya. Night.